Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, guys, we are back, and it is episode 151 of Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And uh, today we got a cool episode for you. We're going to be reevaluating the Rams team building strategy, F them picks also as what they're known as. Um, and we're going to compare it to kind of what's going on around the league. But before we do that, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review um, all podcast platforms, whether that be YouTube or, you know, you listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, you know, we appreciate the reviews on that. So, Let's get into the ad read and then we'll get into the show. Uh, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest way and easiest way. To bet all your favorite leagues and events, head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, we always start it one way, and that way is the burning question. And this is uh, this is a doozy. So I'm <laughs> gonna, you know, kind of lead into the question, kind of add some context behind why I'm thinking this way, why I feel like this needs to be answered. But Cam, the 49ers fell short of a Super Bowl yet again. <laughs> I understand 49ers fans watch this. I'm not just trashing the Niners here. There's a reason. There's a <laughs> method to my madness. Uh, they fell, you know, short of the Super Bowl again. The Broncos failed miserably and doubled down on trading a first round pick for Sean Payton, who is a coach, by the way, not a player. Uh, the Browns didn't make the playoffs at all, despite trading for Deshaun Watson. All of these teams made significant trades for a quarterback, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And if you forgot about it, can't blame you. There's been like five different quarterbacks for the Niners. Uh, they traded a <laughs> bunch of picks to go up and get Trey Lance. So, the Rams acquired Matthew Stafford and immediately won the Super Bowl. And while this season wasn't the best, Cam, my question for you is how much more do you think F them picks for just the Rams has been elevated in terms of value? Now that we've seen a first round pick go for a head coach and even a pick swap the next year from, you know, second to third, I mean... I watched that because that just came up, you know, the Deshaun Watson trade with all of those, you know, legal things, you know, that legal baggage that he's dealing with. And he goes for three first rounders. You got Russell Wilson, who I'll be honest with you, Cam felt like he was starting to decline towards his end of, you know, his days with Seattle. I think that's why they traded him. And, you know, all of this stuff going on. And then Trey Lance, who I loved in the draft, I still think he's going to be a good pro. Uh, if somebody gives him a shot, but they trade a lot of picks to basically play in what four games. I mean, what are your thoughts, Cam? Do you feel like this has elevated the value the Rams have gotten in the past or it's not that big of a deal? Yeah, I think hey, we mentioned this before. The NFL is a copycat league at the end of the day, right? So we might see more FM picks, right? We might see more of that strategy. You know, you never know if the Rams did it and they were successful we might see more of that. So I want to put a pin in there because uh, I'm not sure if it works or not, right? It worked one year. Now the Rams are paying our debts. We talked about that. The Rams are now, we're not paying our debts 
from Ethan Pick. So we, we're not sure if it actually works, but I one thing I do know that works. If you look at the Super Bowl this year, think about the quarterback that's playing. You think about the head coach that, that are in these games. All four teams, they all have that Michael Jordan and that Scottie Pippen relationship where you got a great player on the field at Michael Jordan at, at the quarterback position, and then you have your head coach that is that second person. And so what I believe the Broncos are doing, they feel like they have your Michael Jordan and your Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, we, we don't cover the Broncos, but we do know that he's getting a little bit older. He's gotten paid. So we'll put a pin in that, in that one as well. But also, they want to have that Scottie Pippen as a coach and Sean Payton to back him up. And so um, going back to the original statement, we'll see if teams copy, you know, the Ethan Picks piece for the Rams. We'll see. We're not sure if it worked or not, whatever. But what I do know is that having a dangerous quarterback and a dangerous coach can lead to success. <laughs> going back to your piece, Jake, about the 49ers. I know the 49ers fans. I know they feel like we be hating, we be throwing shade. But they're just a little. I mean, we do. There's just a little beef there. Like, <laughs> come on. There's just a little bit, a little yeah. bit of beef. I've never liked the 49ers. My family members would show up to my Rams games with their 49ers gear on, and it used to piss me off. But that's that's okay, Jake. There's <laughs> it's always love when it comes to division. It's always love. But I I feel like with the 49ers, they had a they have a great coach. You know, when it came to that that second quarter, that second quarter of that that playoff game when Brock Purdy went out. They didn't have a quarterback. And so I think uh, what it was Kittle mentioned that he was like, man, not having a quarterback to throw to throw to me during a playoff game is is a shitty feeling. And so they didn't have that combination. Unfortunately, they failed. They had Jimmy G. They had other quarterbacks, but those guys weren't healthy. Success in the NFL, I feel like a lot of times, of course, having a great defense, having great yeah. special teams, but having a great coach and a great quarterback. No, I, I agree. Um you know, and, and I mean, I won't get too much into the the Niners in, in Philadelphia Eagles game because let's be honest here. Uh, I don't care if Brock Purdy was healthy. They weren't winning on that day. The Eagles came out with a fire on that defensive side coached by Jonathan Gannon, who I, I don't know for the life of me still doesn't have a head coaching job. I, I don't know. Um, but they, they came out with a fire and there's one guy that his name was called a ton. I think, you know, where I'm going with this Hassan Reddick, who the Rams could have gotten, by the way, if they didn't just hold up all the hope in the world to bring back Von Miller. Um, but no, you know, kind of going back to that whole thing, you know, I, I gotta say the Rams get more flack than any team for trading picks. Um, I haven't heard anybody, you know, shame the Browns recently uh, for trading, you know, all those picks away for Deshaun Watson. I haven't heard, you know, enough people, you know, shaming the Broncos for trading all those picks for Russell Wilson. It seems like they get the, the, you know, the, okay, well, it was a bad year. Let's blame it all on Nathaniel Hackett. I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't agree with that. And um, Hackett's a Syracuse guy, if I'm not mistaken. My so yeah. like, I, you know, we're not, we're not trashing this guy here. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a bad, he had a bad year, right? Uh, he might not be a head coach, right? He might not be worthy of being a head coach, whatever. He was worthy of the opportunity, but he might not be a head coach and that's okay. Uh, he, he's a good offensive coordinator. He's proven that. Look at what he did with Blake Bortles, um, you know, in that Jaguars team, you know? Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing though is that we can't just put everything on Hackett, which I constantly see. Everything is Hackett's fault, and Russell Wilson will just figure it out because now he's got Sean Payton, who's had six seasons below 10 wins uh, and is considered this Hall of Fame coach that 
let's be honest, if you put him uh, next to the other guy for the Dallas Cowboys who everybody wants fired, and <laughs> maybe to a degree, I'm a little bit part of that. But what's the difference between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton? The records are almost identical. They have almost the same uh, you know, playoff record. And in addition to that, they both have a Super Bowl win, but they haven't gone back since. So like, what is the difference? Sean Payton hasn't gone back to the Super Bowl since 20, uh, 2009. How, like, if he wasn't able to win a Super Bowl uh, with those teams after that, could I not argue the league has passed him by? That That's my thing. So you trade all those picks away for him, and I don't see the same flack. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, no, trust me, man. Like, Sean Payton's going to work out. Russell Wilson's going to... What if they don't? Are we going to still see the same, you know, excuses? Because immediately, even though the Rams won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, everyone was on them the whole year. Like, as soon as this thing went bad, people were, like, lining up in droves to try (laughs) to say, well, I mean... I'd do anything for a Super Bowl win too, but man, this team is trash. Or, oh man, like Matthew Stafford isn't good or like whatever. And it's like, then, Cam, it brings me to my next point, the 49ers. When do the 49ers get flack? <laughs> yeah. Like for real, they have no Super Bowl wins out of any of that. They've been doing it longer, um, you know, and you could argue, okay, they've had injuries, whatever. But like, no doubt about it. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in all of football, but like when are they going to get flack? It's the same thing every year. They lost to the Rams. They lose to the Eagles in the NFC title game. Both times they were the hot. They were, they were one of the hottest teams in the league both years in a row. This team was what they won 12, 13 games in a row and they fall. And then the, the super bowl, they have a 10 point lead. They celebrate in the back in the back of the end zone like they won the Super Bowl, and then it just completely turns on its head, and the Chiefs win. So, enough about all of that. But why is it, Cam, that the Rams always get flack for trading away picks for players? You know the 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 Family Guy, the infamous Family Guy meme. You know you could have the boat or the mystery box, and he's like, oh. Well, the mystery box could even be a boat. And it's like, you know, that's why they're trading away those picks. It's like, we want Jalen Ramsey. We don't want, you know, the potential of maybe getting Jalen Ramsey. We want to know we have Jalen Ramsey. I still feel like they get way too much flack and it has worked because they won the Super Bowl. They've been to two. And the first time, the first Super Bowl cam was with a rookie quarterback contract. So I would argue cam that they already paid their dues and everything. And then they had to do it again. And more impressively, they did it again without that rookie quarterback contract, without that flexibility. He wasn't on an $8 million deal where you could just do whatever you want. That's the thing. And so when you look at like a Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl, wait until you have to pay him. That team might not be as put together. You know what the Chiefs are doing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy's making what, $50 million a year. That's impressive. But goes back to my point when the hell are we going to start giving the Niners the same flack we give the Rams for trading away the assets despite (laughs) the Rams having a ring and the 49ers not having one throughout that whole time well Jake I'm going to say something that I'm sure the 49ers fans probably won't like but there's a saying that (laughs) that lines don't worry about the you know the the works and the thought process of sheep right you know lines you know lines Mm -hmm. do their own thing 
when it comes to sheep, they don't really worry about it. Not saying that the 49ers are sheep, but whenever you're the top dog, you know, in California, the, the team of California, the Rams, whenever you win a Super Bowl, there's always going to be smoke, right? And, and so the lion, the Rams, we're the lion here, right? Where we kind of just brush that stuff off, Jake, um, when it comes to the noise. So, you know, the Rams are number one in California, and that's that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't do too well this year, but that's because of what will we do with FM picks and kind of just the blowback from that. But don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, 49ers fans. You know, we're, we're going to be back on top. And I do think that from from what what and, and I want to put this put this out there, too. The 49ers are going through what the Rams went through. Right. There's a lot of coaches going for leaving for head jobs with the 49ers. Uh, and so, you know, we got the defensive coordinator going to the Texans. And so there are a lot of things that are going on with the 49ers organization. What are they going to look like next year, Jake? You right? Are, are they going to get a lot of heat next year because they didn't do well because they had different coaches in different places? Um, you know, the Rams won uh, the Super Bowl. Pretty much a lot of the coaching staff left in different places. The training staff. I talked to somebody here in L.A. who who works for the Rams, and they mentioned even some of the trainers, athletic trainers, left the Rams to go to different places, right? And so there are a lot of pe- people getting picked from from the Rams, um, the number one team um, in California as of last year. And, and I feel like the 49ers will go through something sim- similar. So, you know, w- we'll see what things look like, Jake. You know, uh, we'll see who has a laugh, last laugh there. It's true. And, you know, one thing, it, what's funny is that the Rams, once again, <clears throat> it shows you what they're building because even though they went 5-12, and 12, even though this year was a disaster, it's like we can't go one damn year without everyone wanting to pluck the coaches and everything. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. So... Uh, I got to go back to the F them picks thing. Cause that's kind of like the, the theme of this episode. If you didn't get that through the first, what, 13 minutes. Um, <laughs> but could we see the Rams make another big trade cam? Or are they done for a while? Because look, I look at the Niners trade as kind of a recipe of something that the Rams could do. Um, I would not rule it out. I think the, the Rams could, uh, both of them, honestly, the Christian McCaffrey move, I could see them doing that if they feel like it's it's worthy uh, going out and getting, you know, another stud receiver next to Cooper Cup um, that just is just, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of most guys at that position or maybe just doing the running back or or getting an edge defender could see that. But I could also see them doing a Trey, Lan- uh, Trey Lance type of move next year, um, you know, getting the next quarterback of the Rams future. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I sent it to you by accident, but I mean, I might as well have just sent it to you. Uh, the, like I've been doing a lot of like tape watching and everything and, and scouting these prospects coming out, the quarterbacks. And I gotta say, um, you know, I really like some of them a lot. Uh, guys that, I, you know, at the top, I mean, they won't come close to being available at 36 and I'm not saying the Rams would even, entertain picking a guy in the second round. But, you know, when I watch guys like Hendon Hooker at Tennessee and just, you know, I understand he tore his ACL. I understand he's 25 years old, but maybe those are options uh, that cause him to fall into the Rams lap. Um, You know, you keep him behind Stafford a little bit. People are worried about the age. Uh, Look, if you're worried about the ACL in 2023, then you haven't been, you know, paying attention. There are a lot of guys that come back from ACL tears. That is not the career death sentence it was in the 80s. Doesn't mean it's not a big deal, but it's not a death sentence. And the second thing 
Uh, saying that, you know, he's too old to play quarterback. The Browns drafted Brandon Weed at age 28 in the first round. That was too old. 25 is not too old. And I think what we're going to see, Cam, is with the NIL deals happening, guys are going to want to stay in college longer, which is actually a good thing, um, and develop their their skills and everything. So you're going to see more 24, 25-year-old guys. But even on top of that, in the short term, we're still seeing the after effects of COVID. We still have another uh, bunch of guys. I'm not saying there are a ton, but there's a few that are going to get an extra year of eligibility because they use the hardship waivers due to the injuries that they suffered. And then they get an additional year because of the COVID year. And we're seeing that in, in NCAA athletics. And so, you know, that is kind of where I'm at is this is going to be kind of the norm. I think with the NIL, you're going to see older prospects, um, so let me ask you, you know, what are your thoughts? If you've watched Hendon hooker at all, what are your thoughts on him? There are other guys I would bring up as well, but he's kind of the one that comes to mind. And would you be opposed to the Rams drafting a quarterback like that in the mid rounds? So I think what's really important, um, is preparing for the next generation, that next step, right? We do know that Matthew Stafford, he suffers con- the concussions. I think he had some back issues. There's a lot going on. Uh, I think we've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. Player safety is really important. We were considering, hey, is Matthew Stafford going to retire, right, to make sure he's healthy in the future? His wife, his wife, she gets on her podcast. She talks about his health and how important it is. So in saying that, I think preparing for the next step is important. I think you think about the Warriors. I'm going to go basketball really quick. You think about Steph Steph Curry. You think about Jordan Poole. You think about some of those guys that can carry on that legacy. I do think for the Rams that we need to prepare for that next step, what that legacy looks like, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball. Think about Aaron Donald. Is he, you know, we don't know if he's going to retire or not, right? He's he's the top of his game. I mean, he's the, the one of the better players to touch the foot, you know, touch the football field. So what does that look like? Who is the next Aaron Donald? What does that look like? Um, or a combination of players that can amount to that. Cause I don't think anybody can be an Aaron Donald, right? But um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's very it's tough, but we, we have to figure out how <laughs> how to fill that void and how to have that firepower um, to where the Rams can be successful and go to another Super Bowl. Because for Sean McVay, we saw after this year, right, it was a tough year for Sean McVay. I think he's going to want to win another Super Bowl within the next five years or so, you know, depending on how things go. So the time is now. And so whether you we draft somebody in the middle round, um, I'm not I'm not sure, but. Having someone to be able to back up, Matthew Stafford is going to be extremely important. We saw that this year with Wolford. We saw that this year with, heck, the 49ers, right? You have so many guys that can step into that role, four-string quarterback, you know, NFC Championship game, and they can't get it done. And so the Rams have to prepare for what's next. You know, Jake, we, we've been through it, right? And so making sure that we have quarterbacks available and ready to go, ready to win football games extremely important so whether it's the young man from from tennessee i'm not sure whether it's you know if tom brady was to come back from retirement again for the third time you know sure but you know we have to make sure that there's depth on this uh, on this team at the quarterback position <laughs> yeah see i think that it's funny you hit on a, a few things that jog my memory first off uh jake hayner for uh, fresno state there's one person on this channel that continues to be like jake hayner the rams need to draft him I would give you a shout, but I already forgot your name. Like it's not coming to me right now. 
Um, so appreciate you. I did watch Jay Kaner. Um, I do really like him. I, I think he, you know, has a, a pretty well-rounded game. Uh, doesn't, you know, he's just solid in every area, right? But he doesn't have this great arm. It's more so spot starter-esque, in my opinion. Uh, so that could be an issue, but I could see him, you know, as an option. And you mentioned, you know, fourth string quarterback, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Brock Purdy. And I think he's a better prospect than Purdy was coming out. So, uh, you know, maybe he's an option. I would also say Jaron Hall. Um, he's coming out of BYU. I like him more than I liked Zach Wilson, I think. So, uh, or at least I like him now. So I think, you know, that's an option, but backup quarterback, right? doesn't have to be a guy that's drafted. And that kind of segues to the last thing that we'll discuss here. Uh, Rams hired Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator. We had mentioned it for a while. I was told even before he was hired that he was going to be the guy um, and nothing changed. Like there were some things that could have fallen through. Maybe he gets a better offer somewhere to actually call plays, but no, he's staying with the Rams. He's hot. You know, he got hired by the Rams. OC will not call plays cam. But one thing that is fascinating to me, not just that what, what we've talked about, how he can help out the run game and how he uses the running backs and how there was 87 receptions for Jets running backs last year, which is great because, you know, we've been run the damn ball and, <laughs> you know, use the passing game out of the backfield, all that. Uh, but one thing that's very interesting to me, and I've been seeing this come up and it was the first thought I had because I also cover the Jets, is that Mike White is a free agent. And I question whether or not Mike White would be the backup for the Rams. Because here's the thing. Baker Mayfield, I think, would be their go-to option to be the backup. But he's going to want a starting job. And he's going to try to go for that. Yeah. And maybe if a team gives him at least the nod, like, hey, we're not going to name you the starter, but you come in here, we'll pay you like a starter, and you can try to win that job. And the competitive nature of Baker is that I'm in. But if he doesn't get that opportunity, Cam, he could come back to the Rams on a cheaper deal. However, I expect he's gone. I think he, he really enjoyed his time there. I think it was a really good mental reset for him. He feel he kind of proved himself again that he can play in this league. He belongs in this league. And really, he just needs decent coaching and some decent weapons. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I just don't think it's smart to just assume he'll be back in horns. And that leads me to the point that I was making with Mike White, because we saw he has more interceptions than touchdowns. He was not great last year, but in moments in spurts with Mike LaFleur play calling, he looked pretty darn good. Um, you know, I watched every Jets game last year or this past year. And I got to tell you, you know, towards the end of the year, if you're trying to evaluate him based on that, not right. He was playing with multiple broken ribs. I just don't think that you can hold that against him. So I think you go back, you you watch some of the games he had um, earlier before the broken ribs, and this guy has an arm, you know, a good arm. He's got a quick release. He's accurate, uh, can move on the run a little bit, you know, and he has familiarity with the new OC. I don't think he's going to be that expensive. I think at most maybe 3 million next year, which would be a bump up from, I think he has around 1.5 to 2 million on his previous deal. Um, but he becomes a very interesting option, I think. And, uh, you know, with the Rams, we've talked about this in the past, the Rams will look at something that went wrong and they'll correct it even further. 
Like when you look at the wide receivers, big thing last year in 2021 to 22 is that they lost Robert Woods. You know, Van Jefferson was dealing with an injury we had no idea about, right? And then you have Odell Beckham Jr. And so now you have all these injuries, right? And so that kind of is in the back of your mind. Like, okay, maybe we'll keep an extra receiver, which they do with Lance McCutcheon. So they kept an extra receiver on the roster. But now after this season, having to first time in Sean McVay's career experience going to the third string quarterback in, in the regular season, I might add, they might be down to have a cup of tea with this guy and be like, all right, come on in. And, and I think at the end of the day, Mike White is, you, you can't do like a ton better than Mike White at a, at, at the backup position. Uh, because I don't think he's going to be that expensive. You can do better, um, but you're going to have to pay a, a price. And I feel like with the value, Mike White might be the best option for them, especially with that familiarity. But where are you on all of that that I just threw your way, Cam? Yeah, so, I mean, you think about it. Think about the Chiefs game. Think about the Chiefs game. Think about Patrick Mahomes going down with the ankle injury. Henny came in, 98-yard drive, the team's confident. Patrick's talking about him, you know, at, in the after the post game um, interview. That's what that's what the Rams need, right? We don't want to be worried about, hey, is will our organization move forward or not, right? We want to make we want to know that, hey, we have a a valuable backup, uh, a sharp backup, and that he can win some football games. So I think that's going to be important um, for the Rams as well. And Mike White can good well be that guy. Henny could be that guy if he's up, you know, after this uh, this Chiefs run. But we need somebody like that to step in and run the team if the starter is out. Matthew Stafford, we just talked about it, had a couple of head injuries. That could be a possibility. So I think that's really important that we get that moving on, on the Rams side. And then I think you talked about it as well. With the run game, with the run game being really important, that's going to really help out our quarterbacks in general. Getting the run game going, having the uh, floor come from the Jets, uh, to the Rams uh, with success in the run game. You know, we have our guys in the backfield that we've, you talk about run the damn ball. We have our guys in the backfield. We have somebody who can put that into the game plan. Sean McVay, I know he's not going to pass the sticks, but, you know, this year maybe, right? You know, I know he, he, he said it now, he's not going to pass the sticks, but at some point um, taking some of that off his plate would be really important. I'm glad we have someone to do it, but having a backup Jake is extremely, extremely that we know can be successful in this game of football. Yeah. And to tie it into the super bowl, uh, Nick Sirianni, you know, uh, he's a second year coach and, you know, he's kind of having a similar season as what Sean McVay had in his second year, but you know, they're both in the super bowl. We'll see if Sirianni can win it quicker than McVay did. But one thing that Sirianni does that McVay has still not done is that he's already delegated the offensive, the true offensive play calling duties to, to Shane Steichen. And Sean McVay has never done that. Sirianni did that like not long after he was hired. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then he has Jonathan Gannon hand, handling the defensive, uh, you know. And, and at the end of the day, it's just, it's Sirianni managing the game. It's Sirianni being the head coach. And I, I've always said this is the one thing that holds Sean McVay back, um, and I believe it. And I would, I would go as to far, I would go as far as to say that's one of the main things holding Kyle Shanahan back 
But I think the thing that makes McVeigh so great is that he is a great head coach. I don't know how good of a head coach Shanahan is as much as he is a uniter of like building a coaching staff, right? So so he brings in guys like a D'Amico Ryans who he develops in the background, you know, when they have Robert Sala, Sala kills it, who they, I thought they, I brought him over from Jacksonville. I, I, I'm mistaken or not, but um, you know, it, he was part of that Doug Marone yeah. tree. <clears throat> so, you know, they bring in Sala, Sala's great. And then they develop uh, D'Amico to take over. So they have an in-house promotion of D'Amico. So then D'Amico becomes a head coach. Now we, uh, we're we not really sure what's going to happen with the Niners, but it's been constantly Shanahan bringing in guys that he knows he can trust and, and take the defense to the next level. And, you know, he's been managing the offense, but I feel like the the head coaching duties he has not been the best at, whereas I feel like McVay is better at that, and Shanahan's arguably the better offensive mind. What do you feel about that? Because I felt like throughout watching this year, Sean McVay is a great offensive mind, but I think Shanahan's better at putting, you know, he could take anybody and put them in, in a position to succeed. We saw that with Baker Mayfield, but we did not see that with Bryce Perkins. They gave up on Bryce Perkins. They're like, well, we don't trust him to throw deep down the field. Kyle Shanahan would have been able to do what he did with Brock Purdy with Bryce Perkins, maybe even more because of his legs. Um, and that's kind of, that's my thing. But, but where are you on that? Because yeah. I, I just feel like one is better with the offense and one is better at the head coaching duty. Yeah, no, I like that. I do feel like Sean McVay did a great job with Baker Mayfield coming in, winning a game to, you know, after being on the team for two days. So that shows that they're, yeah. that he's a high caliber offensive coordinator, period. Right. Like, He's in, he's in the books. When it comes to Shanahan, who's better, I think Shanahan had a similar situation with Christian McCaffrey, right? Different position, of course, but similar situation where you have an all-star player, right? A pro bowler, all-pro player come into your team and be effective. I think Christian McCaffrey not only rejuvenated his career, right, because he's coming off of injuries, but he's now the creme de la creme of running backs. Right? When you think of running backs in the NFL – Christian McCaffrey is now back in that top list. And so to see Christian McCaffrey come back uh, um, in one of the football games and have a, a passing ca- a passing touchdown, uh, a catching touchdown, or a running touchdown, that's like, oh, Kyle Shanahan is really flexing his muscle. And I don't know if I've seen Sean McVay do that. So when I saw Shanahan do that with Christian McCaffrey, I was like, okay, this guy is uber creative. And so I think, I think you're right with that. Shanahan is a creative genius um, when it comes to play calling, when it comes to utilizing and bringing the best out of his players. I think he's phenomenal. He does a phenomenal job of doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the takeaway from this and the message from this, uh, I think it's probably a millennial thing, but it's just self-care, right? Self-care, when you, whenever you take things off your plate and delegate them to people who are better than you in different areas, or maybe not better than you, but just close to where you are, you're able to think more and do different things, similar to the Sirianni piece at the Eagles. He's able to 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 flow freely on the like he's every time you see him on the sideline, Jake. He seems like he's in a great mood or you know just in good spirits because he has people around him that can get the job done. And I would like to see Sean McVay and Shanahan take a page out of you know out of that book because one guy's in the Super Bowl and, and the others aren't, and so. And I think Les Snead mentioned that we're trying to figure out how to take, you know, things off of Sean McVay's off Sean McVay's plate and bringing in 
better talent, better folks to help him out. And to be honest, Jake, I don't, you know, we talked about this, doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. And I don't want to see Sean McVay again at the end of the year, man, being like, man, this was a tough year. You know, I don't know if I want to coach anymore. That that's not a good feeling. Not, not only because we're covering the Rams, but just a human thing, you know, just like, Hey dude, like, you know, you got to figure something else out. So I am hoping at some point this year that Sean McVay is willing to pass the sticks if things get ugly, because we saw them get ugly this year and we just can't do that again. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And um, yeah, I mean, I always look at the Super Bowl teams as a way like you can learn mm-hmm. right at the end of the year. How did the Bengals get to the Super Bowl and play the Rams? Well, obviously the Rams you know, while they had that three game losing streak, they had the no win November, nasty November, whatever you want to call it, November. It was awful. Um, they figured it out. And, and at the end of the day, when they were, you know, playing their best football, they were the best team in the league. And they proved that when they won the Super Bowl, despite all, you know, against all odds with losing OBJ, with being without Tyler Higby, losing their second string tight end, um, you know, I, and playing a running back who was coming off a, t- a torn Achilles in the same calendar year. Um, you know, uh, not the same calendar, almost the same calendar year. Um, you know, I just, I feel like the Rams proved that. But then when you look at the Bengals, what do the Bengals do, right? Well, they stuck by their head coach. They didn't fire Zach Taylor at the the drop of a hat, you know, uh, unlike, you know, what was it? They had the Cardinals fired Steve Wilkes one year after coaching mm-hmm. to get Cliff Kingsbury. How did that work out for you? I, I'd prefer Steve Wilkes as a head coach right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost brought the Panthers to the playoffs. But it's just like, it goes to show you, there's always lessons we can learn, you know, based on who's at, you know, in the big dance at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, what do they have that I don't? That's how teams should be looking. What is it that this Philadelphia Eagles team has that I don't? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles invested heavily on defense. They went out and they got Javon Hargrave. They went out and they got Hassan Reddick. They have guys on their offensive side. They traded for AJ Brown. So they used the F them picks. They got AJ Brown. They stuck by Jalen hurts. They didn't be like, Oh, well he's not a first round pick. So it's not like we got to move on from him, even though draft Twitter. And I'll say this over and over again, draft Twitter calling y'all out that we're like, yeah, Jalen Hurts, you got to move on from him. And I'm like, why do you have to move? Like, develop him, man. Develop what you have. Develop your talent. So that's what we learned from the Eagles. You also learned that just because a guy stutters in his uh, his intro press conference, Nick Sirianni, doesn't mean he can't coach and lead men, which he's done. Uh, it also means that you have to, when you become a head coach, you have to establish those connections. You have to have those connections coming in. It helps dearly. You look at Sean McVay. He's able to get a guy like Greg Olson to come over. An experienced coach, a former Rams offensive coordinator from 2008. And in addition to that, he got Wade Phillips, who's one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. That is what happens when you have trust and you develop the, you develop these relationships. And that's something Nick Sirianni, you know, brings over guys like Shane Steichen and he brings guys like Jonathan Gannon. You have to talk these guys, you know, t- uh, talk these guys into coming on to your coaching staff. So what can we learn from the Eagles? Everything I just said, you know, sticking by your quarterback, developing your young quarterback, not being afraid to hire a coach instead of trade for one, right? I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> building a defense, whether it's through free agency, the draft, what have you. Offensive line. Look at the Eagles' offensive line. 
They're as depth filled as possible. Did you know their left tackle was like a rugby player? I don't even think he he's not from the United States. Uh, Jordan Mailata. Mm-hmm. So like he has been, he was so raw at first. I loved the guy and just watching him develop Eagles. That's why they're there. You look at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. You look at the fact that they have improved on the defensive side. They know they've become a defensive meme, essentially. But despite the fact that the defense has held this team back over the years, Steve Spagnuolo was never fired. Andy Reid doubled down on Steve Spagnuolo. He was never fired. He kept the coaching staff together, despite the fact that Matt Nagy went and became a head coach. Eric Bieniemy has, you know, stood firm as the OC. He's got one of the best special teams coordinators in the league in Dave Taub. And when you look, you got Travis Kelsey. You're able to trade away, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and live with it. You just changed your approach more. You don't have that deep threat. You're not going to use, you know, that deep threat. So you're going to be more methodical throughout your approach on offense. Then you look at defense, Chris Jones. Oh my God, he has been huge for them. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones has been absolutely massive. Uh, they let their cornerback go in free agency. He got paid. They're going to get a really good compensatory pick for him. Um, but they also have paid guys on their in their secondary, and they've built their secondary up. Guys like Reed, guys like great pick in uh, Legereus Sneed. You know their offensive line, and that is the similarity there between the two of them. Mm -hmm. They got coaching, they got a quarterback and they got the offensive line and a defense that can create turnovers and be physical. Mm -hmm. So what can you learn from the Super Bowl this year? What can you learn if you're the Rams or any other team? Well, offensive line wins championships. Obviously we saw that when the Rams won their Super Bowl, that offensive line was tough uh, and the Bengals were the exact opposite. Um, So that's the first thing. Quarterback play is huge. You know, you can't turn the ball over. The playoffs should have taught you that. Look at how many times guys turn the ball over and it completely, you know, backfired on the other team. Um, You know, you can't have that. And so the coaching also matters. And that's the thing. When you look at the Rams, they've already figured out a way to create a really good offensive line. They've done it multiple years under Sean McVay. They can do it again. They have the coach. They have the quarterback. So what's left? That defense is physical. Figure out how the defensive coordinator is going to be. If Raheem Morris comes back, welcome in with open arms. Uh, If he becomes a head coach, get on the phone with Ejiro Evero. The second that it gets announced, you need to be on that. Um, And then the offensive coordinator, hopefully Mike LaFleur can really be in Sean McVay's ear, not just be kind of a passing guy, but really like get in his ear and be like, you got to run the damn ball. Um, But, but those are my, uh, my final thoughts, Cam. I think it's always very fascinating to see the Super Bowl teams and see, man, what do they have, but that, that we don't. And it's like, it's really quick. Like you can find really, it it can be simple, but you always find things that they have that you don't. And that's why they're there. And that's why you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Then shoot depth, you know, find depth that's (laughs) for the Rams. And I think we talked about this, Jake. I know we're going to be closing here soon. Um, Sean McVay, pencil and notepad, right? In the offseason, once <laughs> once the Super Bowl is, is finished, or maybe he should even go to the Super Bowl, right, and have conversations and see, you know, how these teams are operating. But once season is over, hey, send that Zoom link invite to some of these coaches and some of their staff. Like, hey, we'd love to sit down with you for a couple minutes and just chat with you about how you how you you've done things, right? And in a thirty minute window, you can hear how people are talking, how they're operating, and it's like, ooh, I don't even sound like you right now. Let me let me work on that, and so. Sean McVay, all offseason, right here, pin and pad. His whole staff that he's going to be bringing back next year, 
pin and pad all off season because they don't, we've done it once, but like you said, times are changing. Seasons are a little bit different. Guys are getting younger. Guys are getting faster and better. So all off season, pin and notepad, um, and, and really figuring out, you know, how to win. I, I know it's, it's hard. It's easy to say now, but really figuring out how to win because whatever we did last year <laughs> was not it, Jake. It was not it at all. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, how strong of an offseason um, Sean McVay and the Rams will have. As am I, Cam. As am <laughs> I, uh, you know, very much uh, looking forward to going through it with you, this, this offense, uh, this this offseason offense. I mean, yeah, offensive line definitely could be a part of it, but um, but yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, you know, appreciate our sponsors bet online, um, and appreciate you guys be sure to like subscribe, comment, rate review, and, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Later folks. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.